Hey, Annika, we've got some new music this week, don't we? We do. We want to thank Jeff Figley from Perfectly Acceptable Podcast and the Comics Place for letting us use his music. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically it. Okay. Great music, Jeff. Thank you. Okay. feeling that we're living in like an alternate reality parody timeline uh oh (laughs) what okay more subdued line (laughs) annika it's a weird time to be alive right Wait. Can we try that again? No, I loved it. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Well, right. Oh, we we're time to much better, Maria. <laughs> you got there. This is Annika oh. in Col- Okay. Brandon says a little bit more subdued, Maria. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon, for remembering my line for me. Uh. <laughs> This is Annika in Columbia. And Maria in Happy Valley. And we're here to talk about Bellingham, the city of subdued whatever we want to talk about. We want to get to know you, Bellingham. Both the well-known. And not so well-known. As usual, we are joined today by our quarantined co-host. We have uh, Romy, the uh, four-legged cone wearing dog that's I that I that was that did not land he's a dog (laughs) he's a dog yeah (laughs) Romy the dog and burrito the gladiator oh so um you know burrito goes outside I, I know probably there's lots of pet people that will agree with my family's choice to let my cat be an indoor outdoor cat but he just seems so much happier this way Dogs get to go outside. I feel like cats need to go outside too. But um, anyway, sometimes, as is the natural order of things, he does get a a mouse, bird, or small animal. Um, and the funny thing is, we've got this like stretch of of wall. So it's like three walls with a with an opening um, in our complex, and he will. Uh, bring the small animal into that space and like let it run free because it can't escape because he's guarding the opening um and just like it's 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 like are you not entertained bob (laughs) as he you know tortures the small things and I, i try to you know save them if i think they'll be able to live past the encounter but something something circle of life the antelope become the grass and then weed the grass i don't think that's quite right but anyway um how's connections i see the connections you're making how's it's amazing 
Just kidding. How's Romy? Um, he's fine. He's actually not next to me right now. So that was a lie a few minutes ago. Uh, he is outside and he loves the sun. So he did not want to come inside. So I'm letting him stay outside. And uh, I just posted some pictures on his Instagram. He will find like any spot in the house that has a ray of sun in it and just sit there and just stare at the sun. Well, in the sun's direction, just it's really cute. He just loves he just loves the sun. That's all. Burrito's been doing the same thing. There's this one spot um, next to the window where the sun shines for the majority of the afternoon, and he just lays out real long. He's like a little plant absorbing the sunlight with his cute little sleepy face. <laughs> it makes me sleepy just looking at him. God, it must be so nice to be a pampered pet. You yeah, don't have to they, worry about anything. They lead a very uh, our our pets lead very good lives um speaking of our pets or pet families more likely it do we have any pet families i don't think so listeners not technically oh we we might have one after our um episode our interview today because she said that we can post her pet family Mm -hmm. but that that's it but still People, step it up. I even made an Instagram post. Yeah, Annika even went through all the trouble of making an Instagram post. (laughs) (laughs) That's time I can't get back, you Mm -hmm. guys. Few precious minutes on this earth. We're spending so many of them nagging you to send us pictures of your cats and dogs. (laughs) I know, I know. So get on that. Yeah, get on that. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's talk about some of the hot topics that are happening in our town. Yeah, Maria, so what is the hot goss in Bellingham this week? Well, you know, goss has been a little bit slow, but there is, there is some, you know, interesting things maybe worth commenting on. Uh, you sent me the other day the, uh, this parade of, like, fire trucks and other things going by for the medical staff at the hospital. Yes, and so I sent you that too because Tom and I were on a walk and we were walking right by the Meridian Hagen. Dark Hagen. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Uh, and we were walking by there and we the entire parking lot was filled with cop cars and fire trucks and ambulances and we were just like oh fuck (laughs) what is happening yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean i can imagine yeah for sure yeah and then after that we saw um a helicopter flying and they flew from kind of the south and just hovered over the hagen and so we were just like what the fuck is going on and then like an hour later we found out and you you can finish the the rest of what happened well they drove to the hospital in a little procession and the medical staff were all waiting outside and they did like a little salute a little tribute to all of our doctors and nurses and hospital people because that are working so hard every day uh you know to to help our sick citizens of washington and it uh it's what's great too is that 
I remember a few weeks ago, uh, on an episode, you were hoping that we would have some good things about Bellingham in the news. some good things to put in the news for sure. And here it is. It's sweet. I mean, like, (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, I was a doctor, and it was like, okay, here's your break. Go stand outside for half an hour while a bunch of, like, trucks go by and make a lot of noise. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that's like my number one wish, but um, you know, something. It's something. It's nice. The gesture is sweet. Yes. Um. So we live kind of over by Samish, and the I'm sure everybody knows there's a couple of weed stores on Samish, um, and it's been funny walking by there and seeing the people waiting in line for weed i don't know just like so orderly and nice and just like you know you gotta get what you gotta get i think that um because you know a lot of people use marijuana for like medicinal purposes and stuff it's still considered an essential service um but i I don't know i just thought it was interesting yeah well you know there's lines outside of trader joe's Mm mm-hmm I don't know. Not the same, but I, it, it makes sense. It's so, but I guess, I guess what is interesting to me is like Trader Joe's and, you know, Cascade Herb, I think is what that weed store is called. They have the, um, the policies where like only a certain number of people can be in the stores, but like, it's not consistent. So, like, Hagen's not doing it. I haven't been up to Costco, so I don't know if they're doing it. The last time we went to Fred Meyer's, they weren't doing it. Yeah. It is interesting. I I feel like every time I've been to at least the Meridian Hagen, because that's the one that I live closest to, the store has not been super full. So, I think it makes that maybe, maybe they don't need it quite like... Trader Joe's does where their Trader Joe's is just always packed. Uh, Why is that? Is, that? is Trader Joe's the only grocery store up there? Is that the reason? Trader Joe's just has so many good deals. <laughs> like if you go to Trader Joe's, you can get pretty like I don't know decent food for thirty bucks for like a week's worth of groceries. That is pretty good. Yeah, Tr- it's and just so, like way too out of the way for me. Yeah, no, it, it wouldn't make sense. But the so I think that's why though a lot of a lot of people go and uh, but I mean yeah Fred Meyer I mean when I went to Fred Meyer last week it was like bumping and there was people all over the place and I was like fuck <laughs> this is how I'm gonna go down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say that every time I go to see home hanging it seems like they've put in some new precaution so like through two weeks ago they added up plastic panels um but one of the last times i went they have now stickers on the floor that tell you where to wait in line kind of like a drive-through yeah <laughs> um and they have a little like notes next to all of the essentials like rice and beans and flour and all that stuff it's like please limit your purchase to two, which is good because, you know, I still can't find a lot of essential things like, like bread, flowers, all gone, cornmeal's all gone. Um, 
all of the rice but brown rice had been sold out. It's like, ugh, brown rice? Gross. <laughs> I don't eat brown rice. Like, fuck. All my favorite shapes of pasta are gone. Um, you know. And this has been affecting, I'm, I think, um, based on some, some inside information I have, too, some of the, you know, the, the local food banks rely on the grocery stores to, you know, supply them things in bulk and stuff. Um, and it's been challenging for them to get the food that they need, too. Um, supplies... So on like a completely different note, and I don't know much about this story, but I think it is interesting. Um, we, Bellingham Hospital, like St. Joseph, was supposed to get some testing supplies to like help us do the tests locally, so we don't have to send it out to like UW or wherever it's being processed. But a lot of that stuff is being rerouted to the East Coast, and I mean, like, I kind of get it because. Mm-hmm. Washington has it, like, a little bit more in control than, like, New York and Pennsylvania and some of those East Coast places where it is it is really bad, and then in, in a few weeks it's going to be, like, really bad, like um, Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. Uh, the I was talking to my mom and dad, and they said that the big topic right now is uh, antibody testing in Washington, in like the West Coast, because there's a hype, some like hypothesizing going on that maybe uh, California or people in California might have already been exposed to something, uh, whether it's COVID-19 or something similar that was what gave them the ability to like, I don't know, create antibodies and huh. see if there's an immunity and we we will we will note to our listeners Annika's parents are both medical professionals <laughs> so so it's, it's not just like random people talking about things but you know scientists one kind of other fun thing is they've developed a new system to decontaminate those n95 masks and so they're going to start doing that and they're going to like spray them with concentrated like hydrogen peroxide gas so that they're able to be reused and so you know it kind of got me thinking about this is forcing us to come up with you know methods to recycle things and reuse them and people are trying to uh you know use more of their foods like not waste so much and i wonder how like we will develop systems to become a more sustainable society, just like as a whole after this incident. Yeah. Cause maybe I agree. like if we can find out how to decontaminate some of these like once thought single use items in the future, do they still have to be single use items? That's a great question, Maria. <laughs> I actually I realized and I, I feel bad. Um I had some N95 masks like in my house because my mom has some like prepper tendencies and when she packed my first aid stuff um for for college like 10 years ago or whatever she she put N95 masks in there in case of like 
like a chemical emergency or something and there's like a pack of cigarettes like you know uh if if shit really goes down marie you're gonna want a pack of cigarettes to barter with (laughs) yeah um and i i like a couple years ago i i pulled out that mask out of the first aid kit to do like some diy projects around the house it's like oh well i've got to spray some stuff for like to do some dusting and doing stuff with like diatomaceous earth and i was like oh well you know i'll just like use the mask my mom put in the first aid kit because who's ever gonna need this like really um <laughs> and it's like oh man i wish that i hadn't used them because then i could actually like use them to help people <laughs> But anyway, those are my hot takes on the hot topics for now. Let's uh, zoom on over to our interview. Today our guest is Emily Howard. Emily is Bellingham's favorite feminist stepmom comedian. <laughs> Emily <laughs> yes. Emily is a new dog mom. Congrats. Thank you. And uh, you're welcome. And she is also a friend of mine. How are you doing, Emily? I'm doing pretty well. And it is a beautiful day in Bellingham. It, it really is. You know, I went out of my house, took a walk around the block, and it seems like it really is the beginning of the warm months. Yeah, I think um, I live north of Bellingham on the Lummi Nation Reservation, and I live on the beach kind of by the ferry terminal. Um, so it's always kind of nice to like gaze out at my view but today when it's really nice I get to like walk on the beach and enjoy a little bit more than when it's pouring down rain so I'm a big fan absolutely how's your dog she's good so we among I think like it sounds like a million people got a puppy during isolation (laughs) so we adopted her from uh, Noah Animal Rescue down in Stanwood three weeks ago um my partner and I haven't had a dog together before. We raised chickens together from when they were a day old, but this is obviously a little more involved. Um, but it's going well. She's good. Her name is Cashew. Oh, I love that name. Yes, her name has been picked out for a very long time, um, but the dog itself was not until three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, since this is a Bellingham podcast, what brought you here? So I have a cousin who lives in town who uh, has lived here a really long time and she recommended when I was like a sophomore in high school uh, and like a deeply weird, weird kid that I should apply to go to Western and come visit her in Bellingham. And I didn't know her very well. She was like a second or third cousin. So I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, And then I uh, had a couple of friends that came here from high school. I'm from similar to Annika, like middle of nowhere, Eastern Washington. Um, And I had a few friends from high school that were a year older than me that went to Western. So I came to visit them. And I actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't think I did anything other than go to the campus and go to IHOP on Samish when it was still there. Like didn't, I don't think we did anything else. And I was like, this is my place. This is it. I'm moving here. I'll die here. Uh, So I moved here for college and just stayed since. So it's been 12 years now. Wow, that is quite a long time. And you know what? It just has that special place feeling to it, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I think it's, uh, it is a college town, but I think it doesn't 
feel like a college town unless you're at the college or at like a place that only college students go rest in peace the up and up but uh most of the time I don't remember it's not like Pullman where you're very conscious that everyone is there because of WSU it doesn't feel like that to me it just feels like a cool place to live yeah um so since you have lived here for several years now do you have a Bellingham story and we like to say that this is something amusing uh that contains a person place or thing that people who live here would recognize yeah that's a good question I think that I've had a few I think my most Bellingham things are like seeing weird things happen that I only assume happen in Bellingham that people think are like fine so a couple have been in college I lived downtown and I used to see a couple in the evenings like in the summer walking their two ferrets on leashes and people would just like approach to say hello to the ferrets and like pet them not like aghast that people owned ferrets and they walked them outside and then more recently I almost wrecked my car because there was a guy walking a potbelly pig downtown and they crossed the street and the pig was like in a harness and the pig bumped the leg of someone waiting and the reaction of the person like seeing that it was a pig that bumped them was like (laughs) (laughs) the most the most Bellingham thing like shock but then like kind of excitement but also like a little bit worried yeah those I think are like pretty core Bellingham moments for me and I think Bellingham's like very open to everyone just kind of doing everything all the time which is Mm -hmm. cool yeah like uh I think just like people walking down the street and doing things that are just like a little bit too noticeable uh is just, you know, really accepted here. Like, I often, well, and by often, I mean, like, it's happened more than twice, see people walking around in those, like, giant T-Rex costumes when it's not Halloween. At one point, I was just, like, walking around downtown. I think I had to run to the JJ's or something to grab something. And this person zooms by on a scooter, like one of those scooters that you have to kick to make go, so not an electric one. Uh, And they were wearing, like, a horse mask, and it just, like, seems like they couldn't know where they were going. They were just, like, scootering around in traffic with a big-ass horse mask on. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very Bellingham. Just keeping it real. You know? Yeah, totally. I think it's been um, it's been interesting before we got a dog seeing, and Annika and I have talked about this a ton, like, dog politics in Bellingham versus where we grew up is, like, take your totally unruly misbehaving dog that like jumps and nips and like barks to the brewery for like everyone to hang out with and like if it gets in a dog fight like it gets in a dog fight and like everyone will be okay and and leave it off leash right totally and you know if it if it does anything if it does anything weird like that's that's your bad not not the dogs um I think it's it's very interesting coming from not that at all (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were you gonna say? You uh, well, I was just gonna say, you know, I've I've never had a dog, but so I don't, I really don't have much to say about dog politics. Other than that, it's like it's weird that there doesn't seem to be more consistent ethics or like manners concerning uh, 
having dogs in public because I do see posts on Reddit and Nextdoor about people and their off-leash dogs and people with their rescue dogs that like can't be around other dogs uh so like you have to be super careful and like oh people just having like uh pets that they call um like social what is it like uh they're not like emotional support animals um I think like just to like get them in their apartments I remember talking to one girl a long time ago and she was like it was so weird the way she was treating her like emotional support animal and it like made me really uncomfortable for people that actually need service animals (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, um, yeah. I definitely have noticed that in stores here. Like, I, I'm a big advocate that if you're, if it's not welcome to all animals, like, don't bring your non, you know, service animal into establishments because it really, like, it makes employees. I used to work retail, and like, it got to the point where you're like, I don't want any animals in here because like the ones that are supposedly trained are not, and like do weird things. Um, and it just becomes kind of like a mess to deal with as like a, you know, 17 year old making minimum wage. Um, but it is, it is funny to me seeing people with like small dogs in their, you know, grocery carts or whatever at the store. Um, and I think the, the ethics thing's funny to me because I think it's similar to, um, not similar, but I associate it with like people with their bicycle rules around town is like right on the sidewalk, don't ride on the sidewalk, right in the middle of the road, like cut in front of all the cars don't cut in front of the cars like people have such differing views of like what's appropriate behavior on a bicycle and also that they should have the most rights of anyone involved yeah definitely well and speaking about the um emotional support dogs versus service dogs service animals um emotional support animals it's they're just protected in housing you cannot have your emotional support dog at the library at school. They are they do not go through the same training. There's a reason why your dog is or I, I met an emotional support rat, which was sorry, that was Romy uh, itching at his cone. Uh, I met an emotional support rat at the Western Library once and I was pretty upset about that. But the rats are also gross. Yeah. Yes. Uh Moving on, uh, I met Emily in a Bellingham Murderinos meetup, which is a fan subgroup to a, a true crime podcast called My Favorite Murder. Uh, Emily is the administrator for that group. And I have a question for you, Emily. Yes. Everyone who loves true crime mm-hmm. has that one true crime story. Yes that got them into true crime what was yours this is a good one so i am really into so the my favorite murder podcast is what the group uh kind of started from and i just like we have 421 people in the group in bellingham which is insane to me um i am really into hometown murders is what they call them on the podcast so murders that took place like where i grew up and i had uh two things one when i was really young Um, that this woman who lived like directly adjacent to my elementary school um, was taking diet pills with Fen-Fen, if anyone remembers that. Uh, And she went a bit off and murdered her son, tried to murder her other son, and then killed herself. 
Um, and it was super tragic for the community. They lived like 10 feet from the school. Both the kids went to my elementary school. Um, but I remember being really curious about like why she did that and what happened. And um, it was probably like too much curiousness for like a second grader. And then the second one was when I was in high school, um, a classmate of mine who was a year older than me um, murdered his parents and then came to school as if nothing had happened. Um, ended up getting arrested at the school later that day um, and he is in prison now um, obviously but it was a super weird instance but I think like re uh, reignited my interest in true crime and um, especially getting into podcasts as they've gotten more and more and more and more true crime podcasts it's a nice like uh, medium, I think, to consume that information. So I've gotten pretty into it in the last probably like five years. Uh, what's your favorite part of the Bellingham Murderinos? Um, I have really enjoyed just kind of helping facilitate building some community. Um, the group is mostly women um, and meeting a lot of... I've had the group... A couple years now. I feel like I should have looked this up. Um, it's been around for a while, and I think that in the beginning we met up a lot. Now we do more kind of online stuff. We're going to do like a virtual happy hour next week. Um, but just kind of meeting a lot of women. You know, I met you through the podcast. I've met a lot of really cool people in town, and I've always had a hard time. I think, you know, Seattle's really famous for like the Seattle freeze. But I think unless you have um, a community through your job or you do like a structured activity, like, I don't know, I have friends that like play soccer in leagues and, you know, go to kayaking classes for REI and whatever. But if you're not doing something like that, I think Bellingham's like a very hard place to make friends. So I found like the community through um, Bellingham Murderinos has been really awesome to meet, I don't dozens of people now. It's funny because I think I've had a few friends from the group that... I've now been friends with them long enough. I think we forget that's where we met originally. <laughs> but um, there's, yeah, some of my closest friends now I met through uh, through the podcast and through the group. Awesome. Uh, how long have you been doing uh, stand-up for? I know this. I know this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know this answer. Yeah. For the audience. For the audience. <laughs> um, so we, uh, Anakin and I met... When was that? Oh, I don't know when we met. Um, more than a year ago. And you mentioned that you used to do stand-up in high school. And I was like, oh, I've wanted to do that for a really long time. And I think we became friends on Facebook. And then one of us brought up, um, it's almost like dating or something. You're like, do, do you, uh, do you, do you maybe, could you, would you like to meet up and maybe talk about stand-up? Uh, but we met up and... Um, like any good first date, we had tater tots at the racket, um, but we talked about jokes and like I think really kind of sensed out if we would enjoy each other's sense of humor. Um, that went well, so we have been meeting up and writing, and then we set did we set a goal to do it like before my birthday last year in June? I can't remember. I can't. Remember. Yeah, I think it was like we got to do it before my birthday or after my birthday, so I don't ruin my birthday if I bomb. Um, so I think we both did. Um, a stand-up at Gaffingham, um, run by previous podcast guest Chris Anderson, um, woo, woo, woo at the Firefly, and I, th I think it was like May of last year, so almost a year. 
what is your favorite part about the Bellingham stand-up scene? Um, again, I think it's the people. Uh, I haven't gotten to know a ton of the people, but uh, the people I have gotten to know, I really enjoyed spending time with and kind of um, just that Monday night when we do our open mic thing, hanging out with them. Um, and then I've also, I think enjoyed the kind of creative outlet. Um, I used to have a podcast and kind of disbanded it uh, last year. Um, and I think having something to work on, you know, writing jokes, um, meeting up with Annika to write, working on sets to um, to do has been really helpful to, as just like another thing to be working on kind of in the background. Definitely. Uh, changing the subject so COVID-19 how is that impacting your life and work yeah so I am really fortunate that I have been able to transition to fully working from home um, I work for an executive recruiting company that's based in um, Fairhaven but we have offices all over the U.S. Uh, and remote employees so it was pretty easy to head home um, for work I do not have a great work setup so that has not been ideal. Um, we got the puppy after we transitioned to being at home. Um, my partner is a contractor, so he is um, not really an essential employee and has not really been working. So having everybody home, uh, he's been working on a lot of home improvement projects that are loud. Um, and then having the puppy has been kind of a lot to contend with. And then I'm also a stepmom to a middle schooler. So we had to transition to, I basically had to transition from working full-time to working full-time from home, being a homeschool, stay-at-home, work-from-home, puppy mom, homeschool from home in a week or two's time. <laughs> Yeesh. How are you holding I up? I mean, okay. Um, I think that the, I've been really, uh, pleased with the Bellingham School's kind of uh, response to everything and the messaging they've sent out. I think that the superintendent's done a really good job being realistic with what's happening. Um, I think that we are in a really uh, privileged position that we have, you know, the resources and kind of time to help my stepdaughter with her work and help her kind of with her schooling and then also provide kind of stuff outside of that to do that we have time to kind of structure and put together for her. Um, I was not worried at all that we would be kind of abandoned to figure out our own um, stuff. But I think a couple, <laughs> it was pretty evident from some of the superintendent's email that other people were feeling a little bit left in the dust. Um, and his response was kind of like, hey, there's uh, families that don't have homes or food right now. So for those of you asking for more online learning, maybe like take a seat. Um, so that was that was kind of nice and I think from yeah. there um, it's been okay I think getting the puppy was uh, a big decision obviously and something we've been talking about for a while but I also knew that this is the only time that we're both going to be at home so much to kind of train and um, help her kind of get adjusted so it has been uh, good but very busy I would say yeah it's good to stay busy yeah and I think the um, I was excited 
I was excited to get a dog in general. Um, I was interested in getting um, an older rescue dog. Um, my partner was more interested in getting a puppy. So this was like a, a nice compromise of we have a lot of extra time on our hands to kind of deal with her and train her and um, help with her. But then of course, as soon as we got her home, I was like, oh my God, we can't socialize her with other dogs because she hasn't had all her shots and we can't socialize her with other people because we're not supposed to be within six feet of other people. Um, that's going okay. <laughs> But it was uh, kind of an immediate, like, oh no, we've made a terrible mistake. And you're, uh, so you've been training yes, your dog, and right? And I uh, listened to the podcast and I actually contacted uh, Mike Nichols from listening to his episode and did a training session with him. Um, so he got to meet Cashew and uh, hang out with her and tell us some stuff to do. And one of the things he said was um, there's actually a lot of, uh, evidence that puppies don't actually need a lot of like hands-on socialization with other dogs and other people so we've been doing like we're calling it distance socializing for the dog so she gets to see lots of people on our walks and stuff but she doesn't approach them um, and same with other dogs and we practice like her staying really calm and sitting and uh, you know giving attention to us when she sees other stuff going on um, there's a lot of dogs that kind of roam the beach so she gets to kind of see them from afar but not in with them so I'm hoping that'll be that'll be enough she won't be like an anxious mess when we're all done here but um it was cool to know that uh from your podcast there was a trainer so nearby um it's funny his training place is really close to our house but obviously he's not there right now um but have that resource to use while we're all kind of cooped up I just want to say how happy I am that we've been able to make one important like connection, which was what we wanted to accomplish with this podcast. And Annika and I were talking about our goals at the beginning was to get to know people and have a way for, for people to connect, even though we're all home alone, but we're together. So I am so happy that we brought some business to Michael. We were able to help you out a little bit. And Annika, I'm just so proud of us. Of yourselves, yeah. And I, I honestly don't know. Um, maybe I would have found him. Maybe I wouldn't have. Maybe someone would have recommended him. Bellingham actually is a really cool place for kind of word of mouth recommendations for that kind of thing. Um, but it was a very timely uh, podcast guest for us to connect with and engage with. And he was super, super helpful, super nice. Highly recommend Awesome. I drink. Drink. Oh, did I say? Did I <laughs> you say said awesome? awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to yell that every time you can yell it at me, too. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Emily, we've, we've gotten some slack for oh. the filler word of awesome. I, I, can't uh, help it. I'm I sorry. don't know. Yeah. I used to. It's teach, my Mormon um, roots. I taught calm. Uh, 101, I think. I don't even remember. 100, 101 at Western, which is uh, Introduction to Public Speaking. And uh, I use filler words and vocal pauses, but it was funny teaching people not to do it and then being immediately very self conscious of how much I do it. So once you start thinking about it, it's becomes slightly more of a problem than it was before sometimes. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> no, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. Just what can we do to support you at this time during 
isolation at, during COVID. What what can we do? What can our listeners do? What can our community do to support? Uh, stay in your fucking house is my answer to that. Um, if you're not an essential worker, if you don't need to leave your house to go to the store for a lot of supplies at a time, just stay home. You know, go on short walks. We're doing a lot of walks in our neighborhood, uh, distancing from our neighbors. I think now that it's been a little while, people are going a little nuts and trying to bend the rules to do, oh, it's just my cousin that's been at home for three weeks and I going on a walk and standing six feet apart. Um, But that's not really what the intention is of the stay at home and stay safe. And I think uh, I've been out probably a little more than I would have liked just because we've been trying to get the dog really set up to be successful and stop trying to like pee in the house and bite me 24 hours a day. Um, so a couple extra trips to Met Bay, but, uh, I still have seen many, many people at the store where I'm buying a full cart of stuff for two or three weeks, uh, buying a bag of chips and like a six pack of beer and people need to be at home. Are there any final thoughts out there? Any messages for folks listening home alone, but together that you want to disseminate to our community? I think so. I think, you know, Bellingham's such a cool community. It's been really fun to live here for the last 12 years. And I think people are anxious. They're scared. They're really worried about kind of what the future is going to hold. But I see every day um, the school system interacting with like the food bank to get uh, food to families to um, where I live in the Lummi, uh, Lummi Reservation uh, doing they've been doing no contact uh, food drive pickups they've been doing they're doing their own COVID testing and have their own COVID uh, like field hospital and I think I'm seeing some really cool community efforts to kind of Uh, you know, deal with a disease, but also support folks that are not having the best time right now. Um, So I think to everyone at home, uh, you're not alone. You're kind of in it with this really cool community of people. And I think when we're all done, it'll be so nice to see everybody out and about, but we just kind of have to hunker down a little bit longer here. Well, those were great thoughts. You said you didn't have anything to say, but you had great stuff to say. And that moves us perfectly into our final segment, which is called Local Treasures. In this segment, we do a round table sharing something we ate, drank, or otherwise consumed recently that filled us with local pride. Ooh, this is a good What's one. your um, I don't drink. I have been sober a year and change, um, which has been more difficult than not during this period of isolation. Um, but I have gotten really into kombucha. And I have been getting, as kind of my treat to myself, some cool uh, different local kombuchas when I'm out and about and can find them in the store I am already at. So uh, I don't remember the last one I drank that was like a true Bellingham kombucha, but uh, Bellingham is full of cool, cool kombuchas, so that's my pick. Annika, what is your local trip? Uh, on rice. Sorry, I went to On Rice and I got uh, Swimming Rama and they made it spicy because I always ask for five stars. So I was happy about that. And um, I just love the peanut sauce. I feel like I could just 
eat can I, of that Can I well. interject so with a that is my local, local treasure? Trip. I swear it's related to Annika's story. Please. So, okay. Growing up, uh, we went please. to a Thai restaurant in Spokane called Thai Kitchen. I believe it's still open. It's run by a husband and wife. The wife cooks. The husband's the only waiter. Their kids work there. They're great. Uh, my parents started going there when my mom was pregnant with me in like 1989. Uh, but... I am obsessed with their peanut sauce. It is the best I've ever had anywhere, including in Thailand. And my mom used to freeze quarts of it and mail it to me in the mail when I was in college. Because I was that obsessed with it. So if you're in Spokane, go support them. I'm sure they would love that. Thai Kitchen, yep. I'll triple check it's still open. I believe it's still open. Yeah. For all of our fans in Spokane. Um, my local treasure this week is Schweinhaus. I've been thinking a lot about Schweinhaus recently as the days have gotten nicer and warmer and how really all I want to be doing is sitting outside at Schweinhaus with a, a big cold liter beer of something light in German. Maybe the Czechonut Kolsch. Maybe a Hef. Um, they just started doing barbecue delivery. It's really good. Um, I feel so bad for, for them because I think last year during the summer, they were undergoing some sort of remodel and they used to not be open in the winter months at all. Like they recently put some walls in got like they've been open for maybe like six years now and every year they just like put like one more wall up on their building because it used to be like a tent and now it's it's become more building-esque um but i feel bad that like two years in a row they're missing out on their their prime season and i just can't wait to get back out to the schwine you're in my heart schwine house all right on that note, we're going to say thank you so much to Emily. We really enjoyed having you on. Thank you so much to Annika. Thank you so much to listeners. You're welcome. <laughs> and on that kind of awkward note, I'm going to leave you all with a stay healthy, Bellingham. A little more subdued, Maria. Please stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs>